We should have a one banked. The dudes and the whatnot? It's better to bank one. Yeah. Right? Well, I think so. When the politicians keep politicking Before you turn to excessive drinking Spend some time collectively Politicking with the show where I don't know man I don't know man The truth is I don't know man I don't know man I just I don't know man I don't Hello out there, my little snowflakes. God damn politinkerets. Thanks. Okay, there you go. Welcome back to Politinkering. Yay. Please clap. What a crazy year this has been already. <laughs> Depending on when you're listening to At this. At some point you're going to listen to this and some crazy shit happened. Or maybe some crazy shit didn't happen and we didn't record. But some crazy shit's always going to happen. It's just the way shit goes. But we're going to try to escape, my friends. We're going to try to escape into some philosophy, which mm. is what we always wanted to do. We always wanted to. We used to have questions. We used to have zero answers. That was the whole point because we didn't know, man. But now we still don't know, but we just talk about politics. Now we pretend we do. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, in any event, remember to follow us at Politinkering on the Twitters there. You can also follow Joey at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R. You can follow Sean at uh, Text Before Calling. It's a B and a four. You can head over to iTunes, write a review, give us a rating. You can also write, uh, tell a friend or tell an enemy and go over to Fawcast.com. Check out our other shows, Literally Literary, Wild Wild West World, Text Before Calling, and Going Down on South Park. Um, finally, you can also donate to our PayPal page, also located on that same website. Um... And you can give us money and uh, buy us food, something like that. So, yeah, we are going to turn back to a good friend of ours, which is the pig that mm. wants to be eaten. One hundred experiments for the armchair philosopher. We're going to roll the dice, find out yeah. which one is going to hit. I guess we need and it will very likely be a question that we've already more or less answered already. But hey, this will be fun. How many options do we have? A hundred. A hundred. Okay. Yeah, one hundred experiments for the armchair that. philosopher. Yeah, All right, Mr. Boner, will you do the honors for me, please? Sure, I will. 720. Yep. Or, or is that a one? That's a one. 120. Yep. Wait, what? No. So. 21. 21. Land okay. of the Epiphans. Just catching the listener up. He doesn't understand how Land of the work. Epiphans. Well, it was a joke. Yeah, we get it. It was a yoke. Do you find that funny? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little funny. It was a little funny. Yokes on you. Gross. Yep. How are you guys doing anyway? How, how have we been? Eh? Wait, hang on. Predict how you <laughs> will, will be, be whenever the when show, this airs. Episode, the show <laughs> airs. Well, actually, let me ask you first. When do you think the show will air? Uh, a month from now. Or okay. About a month or two months. Okay. I'll say that. Sean? Mm, well, we are. Oh, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, the... Um, uh, probably St. Patrick's Day. You're going to be drinking all weekend. I agree. Yeah. Well, unless I'm drinking with you guys, in which case, yeah, I, I, I won't be. I'll be here. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they'll hear about it. Right. Yeah. So okay. So that's a good guess. I think. Um, whether I'm here or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
or the next time you decide to abandon us. Oh, you know what we should do on St. Patrick's Day? You guys should just come out to like the Sunset Strip and yeah, do no, like a. That's not gonna happen. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say we would do like a like you know you a, a, a lav mic and we go to the bar and we like have conversations. Oh my God, that sounds horrible. I've been wanting to do that <laughs> since we began this show. You were like, it's a show in a bar. I'm It'd be like, too All right, loud. Let's go show do a show in a bar. It'd be too loud. It's fine. It'd be ambience. Ambiance. Uh, on St. Patrick's Day? I know. It would so going to throw up on us. The, we would be able to also hear other people's conversations. Yeah, that's cool. Which gets into legal territory. All right. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody's listening. We have 600 people listening. By the time this comes out, 400. <laughs> it's all good. Um, well, okay, fine. We won't then. Then, yeah, that's a good. So, okay. How are you going to feel on St. Patrick's Day, Sean Paul? Same as I feel every other day. Same as trying to take was. over the world, basically. Yeah, <laughs> letting the days go by. Yeah, no, he is uh, Pinky in the Brain. I, I did feel like Pinky in the Brain last night when we, when me and him were together. It was kind of creepy. <laughs> Who's who? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, I hope I hope I'm the brain. I'm really not though. I, <laughs> but you're not trying to take over the world. You're, he's like, which one of you is the 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 one who's actually trying to take over the world? Him. I mean, that makes you Pinky. It makes me pinky. It does. Okay. okay. Yep. That was, that's cute. You guys went on a date? Yep. Saw Black Panther. adorable. We've talked about this. We, I'm literally literary a month ago. Check it out. <laughs> My guess is we'll record on St. Patrick's Day. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, how am I going to feel on St. Pat? How am I going to feel when this episode comes out? Uh, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. You'll be drunk. If I'm, yeah, if it's on St. Patrick's Day, I will. But. You sounded drunk when you yep. just said that. <laughs> the fucking guy. The fucking guy did the thing, and the thing was a guy. Yep. I'm a rambler. I'm a gambler. I'm a long way from home. Hmm. And if you don't like me, leave me alone. I'm a joker and a smoker. I'll and a eat when joker. I'm hungry. I'll drink when I'm dry. I get my love on the run. And if moonshine don't kill me, I'll live till I die. Moses supposes it toses our roses, but when Moses supposes it erroneously. Can you stop roses? joking the joke? Jesus I was Christ. Funny. The land of Epiphanes. Where did you learn improv? Epiphania. <laughs> uh, second city and then the ground <laughs> Get your money back. <laughs> Epiphania was a remarkable planet. So, like Earth in appearance, and yet its inhabitants. Oh, sorry. What? What the fuck Wait, are you talking about? Where are we at? Different planet? Uh, Epiphania was a remarkable planet. Mm. So like Earth in appearance. And yet, its inhabitants were different in one remarkable way. As one of them, Huxley, explained to the visiting Earthlings, Earthling Dirk. <laughs> Dirk and Dirka? Dirk, Dirk, Dirk Diggler. The Epiphans had long ago discovered um, that their thoughts did not affect their actions. Thoughts were the effects of bodily process and not the other way around. Dirk found this baffling. You can't really believe this, he protested to Huxley. For instance, when we met in the bar, you said, gee, I could kill for a beer, and ordered one. Are you saying that the thought, I want a beer, had no effect on your actions? Of course it didn't, replied Huxley, as though the question were idiotic. We have thoughts, and, oft and these often precede actions, but we know full well that these thoughts aren't causing the actions. My body and brain were already gearing up to order a beer. The thought... I could kill for a beer was just something that popped into my head as a result of what was happening in the physical brain and body. Thoughts don't cause actions. For epiphans, maybe, replied Dirk. Well, I can't see what's different about humans, said Huxley. And for a while, at least, nor could Dirk. Source. Although he didn't use the term uh, epiphenomenalism uh, was championed by T.L. Huxley. 
T.H. Huxley, notably in a 1874 paper called On the Hypothesis that Animals Are Automata, and its history republished in Method and Results, Essays by Thomas H. Huxley, uh, from D. Appleton and Company, 1898. And there's a little pig, which signifies they're going to talk about it. Little pig, little pig, <laughs> let me in. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. And off and I'll pop. Okay. No, I, I'm huffing, I'm puffing. Anyway, oh, yeah. the American philosopher Jerry Fodor once said that if epiphanalism were true, it would, uh, it would be the end of the world. Epiphenomenalism is the view that thoughts and other mental events do not cause anything in the physical world, including our actions. Rather, the brain and the body work like some kind of purely physical machine, and our conscious experience is a byproduct caused by the machine but not affecting it. The reason why this would be the end of the world is that everything we seem to believe about what we are what we are apparently depends on the idea that thoughts do cause actions. If what goes on in our mind has no impact on what we actually do, the world as we think of it is just an illusion. But is this really the consequence of accepting epiphenomenalism? The imaginary land of epiphenia is designed to test the idea that no one can live with the truth of epiphenomenalism. The suggestion is that people could could come to see uh, epiphenomenalism as some banal truth which does not affect the way they live their lives. The crucial point is that how it feels to be an epiphan is exactly the same as what it feels like to be a human being. In both cases, thought accompanies action in just the same way. The only difference is that epiphans do not believe their thoughts are doing any causing. It's really possible, however, to divorce what we believe about the link between thought and action and how we actually live. People such as Fodor think not, but it is far from obvious why this separation can't be achieved. For example, take a situation where the thinking does seem to be crucial. Let's say you're trying to work out a solution to a tricky logical or mathematical problem. I'm trying to work out a solution to a tricky logical or mathematical problem. Eventually, the eureka moment comes in. Eureka. In this case... Surely, the actual thinking has to play a part in the explanation for your actions. Hmm. Well, no. Why can't I believe that the conscious experience of thinking is just a byproduct of the computing that is going on at brain level? It may be the necessary byproduct, but just as the noise that a boiling pot of water makes in an inevitable by- is an inevitable byproduct of the heating without that, me- without that meaning, it is the noise which cooks the egg. So thought... Uh, so thought, could, so thought could be the necess, necessary byproduct of neural computations that doesn't affect, uh, that doesn't itself produce the solution to the problem. Indeed, if you think about thinking, there does seem to be something almost involuntary about it. Solutions come to us, for example, not we to them. Reflect on what it is, what it really feels like to think, and the idea that it is a byproduct of a process you are not conscious of may not seem quite so fanciful. So does free will exist? See, no, that's not what it boils down to. Okay. See also nine, bigger brother, 54, the elusive I, 62, I think, therefore, question mark, 68, mad pain. Yeah, I'm, I almost want to like pause so I can fucking reread this thing and figure it out. Wait, what, what were you just listing there at the end? The, the other thing, the other, the other chapters, like, that, chapters are relevant. that are relevant to this. Oh, I gotcha. <sighs> um, yeah, did you guys get that? Yeah, I get that it was basically questioning free will. Well, that, yeah, like your the, thoughts are essentially a uh, amalgam or ramification of the biological processes that are controlling your body as well, as opposed to 
you thinking a thought and then using that to control your body. Your lack of free will is basically forcing your entire existence through this path. That's really a bodily effect. Yeah, that's the epiphanes. Yeah. So describe what they believe. I'm not sure. I understand. I'm I'm really dumb right now for some reason. Essentially, that um, you know, we we take for granted this idea that I think about something and then I make my body go do it. But the opposite is that. Or what the epiphanes believe right, in this scenario? Right. Yeah, that is that the my body and my brain have both been essentially either put on this path or due to their chemical con. con- uh, concoctions have made this decision rather together. So it's not necessarily that you think of something and you do it. It's more that your yourself is doing that and you have a thought subsequent to that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like the epiphanes say they divide the brain into this extra level. Yeah. Like you have this consciousness that's looking down upon your body and brain just acting without any thought and you're disconnected from all the thoughts. Yeah. Which is a strange idea. Your thoughts are basically just, you know, you experiencing this right. ride that something else commentary. is. Yeah. Yeah. You are your own commentary so track. Like a narration, like yeah. a narration, basically. Basically. Okay. But they're, a- they're afterwards. They're not predictive. They're not predicting. It's observing. I, I got more right? at the same time. So like your uh, body okay. is I doing this thing after. and your brain is kind of thinking. Well, this whether thing. it's a tenth of a second yeah, after yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, I could kill for a beer. Right, that's the example in mm-hmm. the, the 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 situation. That, um, when uh, when you met in a bar, you said, "Gee, I could kill for a beer," and ordered one. Um, are you saying that the thought "I want a beer" had no effect on your actions, and the, the action would be saying, "I could kill for a beer"? Well, I think in that or getting inst- the action. No, in that instance, your your body already is getting a beer, and you then think the thought that. Oh, yes, I would I like a, a beer. beer. Yeah. You are essentially agreeing with your body more so than you are thinking something Guys, so and forcing your body. So when you say I can kill for a beer, that's the that's – That's a reaction to the thirst and the, the hunger th- and – yeah, yeah. Right. You're responding to the body. The thoughts yes. are, are – course- Huxley replies, of course it didn't. Um, we have thoughts and these often precede actions, but we know full well that these thoughts aren't causing the actions. My body and brain were already gearing up to order a beer. The thought I could kill for a beer was just something that popped into my head as a result of what was happening in the physical body. Those don't cause actions. For epiphans, maybe, replied Dirk. Well, I can see the difference about humans. Right, so Dirk is actually, Dirk's the one who who explains that. Dirk is a human. He's he's in your position, not understanding what the epiphans are doing. What's (laughs) interesting is that they both have the same experience. Is that the same? They both experience. They both the experience same way. not understanding the other person. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no! I mean, they experience thoughts oh, and time. Yeah, yeah. The same they're, way. they're just defining the. the well, epiphans. Epiphans had long ago discovered that thoughts did not affect their actions. Thoughts were the effects of bodily processes, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Dirk found this baffling. Thoughts were thoughts as you do. <laughs> well, no, I I agree with you. <laughs> you guys are asserting that like you sort of sense something. And then you just say, like, I, I could kill for a beer. It doesn't oh, mean I'm not that. saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that's oh, right, what the okay. epiphans are, are proclaiming. Do you agree with it? I don't know. Like you said, Man. it gets into whether or not free will exists. Like, am I on this predetermined sort of Tomb Raider path where I can only make, you know, this decision and there was no way I was going to make the other um, decision? I, or? I do kind of think that it's not. Yeah. I, I mean, at first glance, no, I would say you you... It is a nar- what you say. I mean, at least for me, is a narration of of you know what I'm I am feeling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know. I don't think I. 
maybe at times I'll say something before I recognized it, but that didn't mean there was some sort of subconscious understanding of the thing that was going on or just like, you know, sensation. It's like you said, if like, if I'm, if I say, you know, man, I'm really thirsty, I'm, I'm responding to the fact that my body is experiencing thirst. Well, it kind of gets into the, the question of does thought exist without language? So, you know, how much can you think if you don't have the words to establish that? Or people that learn new languages, at what point do you start to think in that other language versus thinking in and then translating, you know? Well, it's a question of the, the, the actual actions. I mean, at, at, if you are, were completely mute, right, you'd, you'd still feel thirst. Right. And however, it doesn't, you, you may never be able to communicate it and you might die of thirst, but that doesn't mean that you didn't right. experience and, the thirst. And it, exactly. And that is your body making these, uh, you know, chemical uh, connections or whatever. Right. And then you articulating it in your brain. But it's not necessarily that you thought, oh, I'm thirsty. And now all of a sudden you, you your body is dehydrated. I, right. But I, I guess that's, I don't understand the, the, the inverse point of that though. And what is epiphanalism? The whole time I was reading this, by the way, I couldn't pay attention to what was happening because I kept just desperately hoping that I was pronouncing this correctly. It was the, they were the people he described earlier that basically said that thoughts have no connection to actions. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, that you're going to order the beer. Well, the reason I was saying that those are epiphans. There's like, yeah, that's what you just said. What are epiphans? No, epiphan, um, epiphan, oh my God, epiphanalism. The, the American philosopher Jerry Fodor once said that if, if, if phenomenal, epiphenomenalism were true, it would be the end of the world. Uh, it's the view that thoughts and other mental events do not cause anything in the physical world, including our actions. Yeah, according to the Google, yeah. it is the view that mental events are caused by the physical events in the brain, but have no effect on our physical events. Behavior is caused by the muscles that contract upon receiving neural impulses, and neural impulses are generated by input from other neurons or from sense organs. Yeah, and so that's, I tend to agree with that. Why does this thing is the end of the world? The reason, the reason why this would be the end of the world is that everything we seem to believe about why we are apparently depends on the idea that thoughts do cause actions. No, it's not. If what goes on in our mind has no impact on what we actually do, the world as we think of it is just an illusion. They're both right and they're both wrong. I mean, a lot of what we do is just react to sensory input. So, you know, when I accidentally touch the stove or the pan on the stove that's hot, my muscles do contract based on that sensory input rather than me thinking, oh, that's hot. I should not be touching this pan anymore. Oh, wait, thoughts do cause actions. Oh, I see. Well, then, so, but then it's it's sort of an Aurora Borealis thing. Yeah, yeah, to me, it's both. I mean, they're both wrong and they're both right. Uh, or I boner? should say they're both half right. Boner? What do you, which one do I fall into? Yeah. Um, I'm not an epiphene. I'm a human. If, is, that, <laughs> is that it? There's so you, think you think thoughts do kind of cause actual things in the world? Yes. Okay. What's an example of one of those things? Um, I'm thinking right now of a really cool amplifier, so I'm probably going to buy it later. <laughs> um, Is that good? You, you sure that's not your fingertips itching to play with wires and plug things in? And yeah, It also <laughs> is like based on normal things that you do anyway. So yeah. it's like, at what, at what point, what was the first impulse to... To create an amplifier, you presumably 
like at some point did not do that. And so was it an instinct that you drew, that drove you to think I should build an amp or did you think I should build an amp and then took the steps to do that? What came first, the thought or the, um, the, 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 you know, the instinctive drive? The thought process was, I like the way my guitar sounds, but I think it could be better. And I want to mod or adjust or fix whatever my amplifier to make it sound like the way I think it should sound. Maybe that was, could that not have been, or could it not be said that that was an instinctive drive for what you were hearing and an emotional like need to hear something different? I can see that. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, if you bring it down to the the level of the ant, is the ant making the ant farm because it conceived of a, you know, sprawling uh, super highway, or is it just following the action which follows the it's, next action? Which yeah, it's the, the column. The thing is, I don't know if every human action is qua- is categorized in the ant category. Well, no, that's why I say they're, they're both half right, because I, I do think that a lot of what we do is instinctive based on the other inputs that we have, but we do also have the cognitive ability to filter those inputs through our brain and over the course of time, change actions depending on how we've made decisions. So, you know, you can, you, a person can change, a person can realize that they are doing something wrong and eventually correct that over a period of time, usually. If it, it, is it really possible, however, to divorce what we believe about the link between thought and action and how we actually live? Such as Fodor, people such as Fodor think not, but it is far from an obvious decision. Sorry. So if you hear You're like- trying to work out a, 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 a tricky logical or mathematical problem, right? Eventually the eureka moment comes in. In this case, surely the actual thinking has to play a part in the explanation for your actions. But no, again, like we're saying, it was- yeah, it can yeah, be both. Like it's it's just it's not both at this point. Like in in that instance, it's no. I'd say the thought comes first to me. Well, the problem comes first, and the need to solve the problem comes okay. comes first. But the, that's not the question. The question the is computation. when the eureka moment. That's the that's the question. The eureka moment is just the answer to whatever it was thinking. Right. The question is: Did you oh. think of that eureka moment and then say eureka? Or did you say Eureka? And you had to have thought the moment for, oh, I see what you're saying. That's exactly. You had to have thought the Eureka moment before. Correct. That's why I. You had to thought an example think the of solution. where I would. That's somewhat, I think, proves my point. I, mean, I think that's an argument for it. Because um, you would have to think of it first. You have to think this of the solution to the problem before you shout Eureka. Oh, but no, no. I, yeah, I, but, but, it yeah, could but that's have not been, a shout. If, if you're mute, it doesn't matter. You would never be able to shout it. And why well, wasn't let's it Let's say you lift your arms up. I mean, whatever. It's just, it's just an exclamation of Eureka. Okay, the thought is what kind of causes you to do something in the world. Right, Shampa? And the yeah, action the would absolutely have to uh, succeed that moment because there's no shouting of Eureka unless you solve the fucking problem. Yeah. So the I'm, thought had... In that in instance, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, again, I don't think it's one or the other, maybe. I think it depends on the, well, here's the stimuli. Book, here's how the book responds to that. Well, no. Why can't I believe that the conscious experience of thinking is just a byproduct of the computing that is going on at brain level? It may be the necessary byproduct. But just as the noise yeah. and the, the noise that a boiling of pot, sorry, but just as the noise that a boiling pot of water makes is an inevitable byproduct of the heating without that, uh, without that meaning. 
it is the noise which without that meaning it is the noise which cooks the egg yeah the ant thinks it's ha- it has a fulfilling life so thought could be the necessary byproduct of neural computation that doesn't itself that doesn't itself produce the solution to the problem so it actually again is you're not like you're not actively thinking and thus you're not even actually experiencing the eureka it's all you're the th- the you know you're only just thinking about your thinking you're not actually thinking it's just a weird yeah, deep, deep I, state in your brain. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't quite believe it. I guess, but I. I get it. I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure. I. Yeah. How? Con- I mean, I guess that that comes to the question of how conscious are you to your consciousness. Or, I just walked in to see what condition my condition was in. That was good. That was good. Damn it! We should just ended it. <laughs> <laughs> That's too too soon. Keep going. Uh, do I? I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I'm just. Again, goes back to this extra level of consciousness. Is there is my brain watching my reactions to the world? I don't know. I mean, like, or, or is it controlling them or whatever? I think um, I don't know. I, I just genuinely believe in free will. I don't know why it feels like I, I feels like I shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> we we can go to that if you'd like. That was yeah. what Sean started with. Yeah, I feel like that's the inevitable conclusion here. Okay, maybe go ahead, Sean. That's what you wanted to start off talking about. Oh, I, I think we've gotten there. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, I do think that there is a combination of instinct and free will, especially in, you know, higher mammalian thinking. Um, you know, we, as humans, we are driven by a lot of instinct, a lot of impulse, a lot of sensors that are coming into our bodies that are just telling us to move one way or the other. Um, you know, when you're walking down the street, you don't consciously think about how to keep balance in bipedal movement, but it is something that took you a while to figure out and to have your body learn. And, you know, that is, there is a certain amount of intelligence that just exists within your body structure and the inputs and outputs that are happening without you cognitively thinking about it. But I do think that we have the ability to think things through further and correct those actions. So you can train yourself to react differently to different situations. You can train yourself to use that input differently. Why did you train yourself though? Well, it just depends on the situation. So, um, uh, once- but no, I mean, is, is it the type of person you are or is it, is it just something that you would have been hardwired to do in the first place? Well, that's or the, is it societally? Yeah. Crazy? I mean, we could also- still hardwiring. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, obviously, it, obviously, we could always argue to the uh, to the end that you, everything is programmed and nothing is is truly free will. Oh, okay. But I do then think yeah. that that there is in in this situation there is a bit of input and stimuli that allows you to uh, mull over different options. Um, in in my line of thinking, the brain is basically just a connection machine. It's looking for patterns. It's looking for you know things that are uh, reminiscent of what it encountered before, so that it can classify them and understand how to proceed with or without them. Boner, what free will do you believe exists? Um, I do believe in kind of what he was saying. And and I like how Carlin puts it with like the lizard brain and the mm. mammalian brain. And totally. like, obviously I think there are just stimuli that would make cause an automatic reaction. And then there are thought out processes. Um, but I was also thinking about Jurassic Park and Jeff Goldblum because mm-hmm. we were talking about Jeff Goldblum. Life and, finds a way. And or, or, or the the dropping of the water on mm-hmm. the hand, the chaos theory. You know, even if 
it seems like the path is already uh, laid out there when you don't have free will. I think like there's just randomness in the world enough to create chaos, right? Or the idea that just everything is entropy, everything tends to disorder. So I don't know, to me, that kind of chaos and disorder seems like strange for a... I don't know how I'm putting this correctly, but strange for a a place to not have free will, you know? Yeah. The, the entire idea of genetic evolution rests on the idea of the mistake, the, um, the improperly copied gene that then causes some mutation that may or may not be advantageous and then may or may not progress. Um, that doesn't sound like free. I'm still not hearing free will in any of this though. Uh, no, no, that is just the... Like if you argue to the end of it, of course. Right, right. I was just kind of trying to back up his point in that a a uh, a world born of chaos does not seem like there is a whole lot of uh, things on rails. Right. When I hear no free will, I, I, seem, I hear destiny. I hear, yeah, like plans. God is a plan kind of stuff. That's not what I mean. Yeah, it's definitely not what I mean. I know. Oh, okay. I just... My density popped me to you. It feels like that kind of stuff. It feels like, well, whatever, like on the rails of Sean Fah's analogy there. So when I hear, when I think of this world in complete chaos, it's tough to imagine stuff is on rails. It feels like stuff is just flying around hitting each other. Yeah, no, but if stuff is just flying around hitting each other, wouldn't that mean that there is no free will? Right. Oh, okay. That's what I was kind of saying. But that is what you, th- I don't, isn't I don't that know. how you describe the world? Chaotic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I don't necessarily agree with that summation. I do think that it is possible to view the the chaotic world as both. So you know the the persistence of the chaotic world is sort of the uh, the invisible hand of capitalism. The idea that you know everyone is going to make the decision that best suits them, and then in turn that should best suit the society that you're in. So you know if if free will doesn't exist, then I uh, well I don't know. It just feels like there would be either a lot more middle ground or a lot more, you know, um, describe to me free will. What, what is free will? Free will, uh, I guess is basically the, the idea that you are in control of the decisions that you make. And those decisions are not necessarily predetermined by anything other than your thought process. Boner, are you comfortable with that summation? You're, you're looking it up now, huh? Yeah. Do you want I was Please. just, no, yeah. go ahead. That's Okay. Just basically free will from the Google transition. Mm. The power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate. The ability to act at one's own discretion. Synonyms, self-determination, freedom of choice, autonomy, liberty, independence. Yeah, so I mean, colloquially, I'm, I'm fine with just saying that. You know what I mean? But but So I'll just do the deep dive part, which we haven't really touched on yet. The, the, the principle, of course, is just um, we are hardwired with basic needs, mm-hmm. just hunger, you know, as any animal. Yeah. We we all have those drives that are built in. Mm -hmm. There's no destiny involved. It's just that those needs kind of in the back of our mammalian lizard brains, like George Carlin had summarized, those are just the things that you're going to need. Um, and also you shelter, clothing, fucking right. You then delve into certain things of the way you're raised and kind of the, the, the subtle hints, the explanations, this, the, 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 the structural parts of who you are, um, lead you to the thoughts and actions that you take. Um, and those of course can change, but those are still changing based on experiences that you have down the road. So no, unfortunately 
there, yeah, colloquially, you can make a decision to pick this book up or not. But, but even still, like that might be hardwired into the type of person that I am. Am I the type of person, mm-hmm. um, for you know, for the whatever reason that I am the type of person? Am I the type of person to pick up a book to when I explain picking up a book? Am I just the like visually hardwired? Yeah. Am I am I a, the teaching kind of person, or am I just sort of like a weird hipster? Um, you know, uh, a contrarian who, who, when I say like, if I pick up this book and I just don't pick up this book, like what, what leads me to do that? I I know there is an instinct in there that there's no thought that went into the reason why I picked it up or not. It was just there, but, but there is a reason why it happened one way or the other. And it's chaotic and it's hard to pin down. Um, it could just be Westworld programming algorithms that bring you one way or the other. And that is what I, that is what I believe. You think you're a robot? Yeah, I believe we are all effectively robots in that. I believe you're all robots. That's good. Uh, Determinism, do we define that yet? Yeah, well, there's hard determinism and soft determinism. Right, I was going to kind of go, but please, yeah. No, go ahead. Google will say it better. Um, Well, I was going to read this little pulp paragraph. A while since my... Let me just read this whole paragraph. It's a good paragraph. Some conceive free will to be the capacity to make choices in which the outcome has not been determined by past events. Determinism suggests that only one course of events is possible which is inconsistent with the existence of free will thus conceived. This problem has been identified in ancient Greek philosophy and remains a major focus of philosophical debate. This view that conceives free will to be incompatible with determinism is, con- is called incompatibilism. Sorry, that was tough for me. <laughs> and it encompasses both metaphysical libertarianism. Yeah. Sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> the claim that determinism is false. They got thus, all the guns. And thus free will is at least possible and hard determinism, determined. You know what I mean? Yep. The claim that determinism, <laughs> I say, yeah, I definitely added an extra syllable, is true and thus free will is not possible. It also encompasses hard incompatibilism, which holds that not only determinism, but also its negation to be incompatible with free will and thus free will to be impossible, whatever the case may be regarding determinism. A squared plus B squared equals C squared? Yeah, actually. Right on. That was tough for me to read those syllables. I still just stammering through it. It was good. I, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I. However, I remember, I remember not being a hard determinist. I think I always, I used to describe myself as a soft determinist, but I don't. Maybe you've changed in your years. In what that is, it doesn't sound like. Well, no, but I still am saying like. I guess that's what I mean. Like colloquially, I you know, free will sort of does exist in a way, but I mean, it, it's just colloquial. I, 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 maybe I am just a hard determinist. And yeah, so it seems like it. You, you think all your choices are predetermined, or you think you just kind of convince yourself that you made a choice that was already existing at the point at which you take the action. If you could somehow take every single experience that a person had ever had in their life, right? And and turn into some sort of algorithmic representation mm-hmm. of the most likely thing that they would do. Um I guess in that sense I don't I don't think it would be 100%. There still is a a large probabilistic. No, I guess if the computer was good enough it could determine with 100% accuracy exactly what you would do. I guess that's my point. Hard determinists believe People are like highly complex clocks in that they're both molecular machines. Yeah, okay, there but you go. I guess I am a hard determinist. I guess my question is, though, I, I I, do kind of agree with you, but I think we also have that extra level of being able to program our own machine. Yes, agree. So, I do agree. Okay. So, yeah, the idea that you, know, you could instill a habit or instill a thought process that can um, you know, change the way that you— uh, Yes, but the process of changing the habit— 
was still determined beforehand anyway. <laughs> so you're, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you, for whatever reason you, you know, have, have now experienced this thing and you now go through the process of yeah. turtles of, all the of, way down. Okay. Yeah, we need like a new basically. term here. What's in between hard and soft, soft boiled. Well, I was say, over, easy. over easy, over easy. God damn it! So you're over easy determined. I'm over easy. No, but, but I am still saying that you could that uh, that kind of. I mean, uh, so a hard determinist says that across the board, it's always destined. Like yeah. even at the end, no free will. But that means so you can't change your your. Well, it's like, because like it's, you there's were no saying, destiny. I mean, I don't. But like you were saying, destiny. even if you change, you were determined or destined to change that. Or a determinist would say that that change was already determined for you. So you are just you. you are just following this path that you know when you reach the age of thirty two you you were always going to make this decision to change and then when you reach no the age I of wouldn't 50, say that okay no I wouldn't say that well that, that's hard so, determinism is what I'm saying oh no well yeah then it's too that's too destined so yeah maybe soft boiled is a better way to go because it's not because I I think that the determinist the determinist moment happens. Exactly now. There is no future in my mind in yeah. the determin in in my view of determinism, there's no such thing as the future. There so, is only right now. So could we say that past. hard determinism would be watching a movie? Uh, over easy would be reading a choose your own adventure, and then soft would be playing a video game. Yeah, that's good. I'm on board. There's something interesting here. I mean, which is kind that's of kind of what you guys are kind of what you guys are saying already, actually. But hard determinists believe or acknowledge that humans do, in some sense, choose or deliberate, although in a way that obeys natural laws. For example, a hard determinist <laughs> might see humans as a sort of thinking machines, but believe it is inaccurate to say that they came to a decision or chose. What do you think? Yeah, I would say that. I would say that it's inaccurate to say that they came Don't, to a decision. They, they didn't make a choice or chose. Uh, I mean, again, in my in my computational way, no, I don't think they made a choice there. I, th I think it. I think it. I'll put it this way: they think they made a choice, but if you were like you literally were to turn all their experiences into the algorithm it w and pumped into a computer, it would accurately predict what they would do right then and there. Right, pick but, up a book or not pick up a book. But given further input, I guess is kind of the question. So like if well, you that, were that still goes into the computer for what's going to happen next time, but it still goes into the computer. Randomness and chaos goes into the computer. No, what it, no, no. And that's not random or not, whether I pick up this book or not pick up this book. When I say, if I pick up this book or not pick up this book that goes into the computer and then it determines. And then, so literally but, I didn't pick up the book the last factors, two times. Yeah. But whether or not factors. you, in, yeah. whether you ever encounter this book at all is I think the larger question. So would a, uh, basically, is it predetermined that you will encounter this book and then no. that will be okay? No. So that's the difference between. Mm, no, I don't think so because a determinist is still, they're not like a, they're not like a, they're not Fate. talking about destiny in a sense of like eventually this thing will happen to you. Mm. It's, oh, more, it's, it's more, it's more Yeah, that's what I was under the impression of. No, I don't think so. It, it might, you might be fated to experience something, but it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that it's predictable. Like it, you know, I, it can't predict anything other than what you're going to do right now. Other than your reaction. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like whether you go to college or not is 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 only determined like up until the point that you've like really made the that like, you show up and continue to show up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I'll put it this way: like, you, um, if if five days before you had gone to college your father passed away, right? You now th there is there is something that happens in the person's body and now so okay what type of person are they but are they going to go to college or not and 
that, you know, they, they, they still are going to have to think, well, my father told me, I always, you, you always need, I always wanted you to go to college. You know what I mean? That's all I ever wanted you for you to go to college. But however, this, they all, he also, you know, George Bailey needs to take over the family, you know, business and the, you know, mom and mom and sisters need money. And okay. So what type of person is this? Are they more selfish or less selfish? And that goes back all the way into their, you know, their own drive, their own narcissism, their own, whatever kind of hardwired emotional, you know, serotonin levels. And experiences. Uh, yeah, and experiences as well. Like you know, the, the whether father was always true or kind of like didn't really care. You know, there's so many different things that go into whether or not you go to college right there. But I would say if you took all those things, put them in a computer, and and put it, you know, put it in a little Oscar ballot, it could predict. It would say exactly whether or not that person goes to college or not. Yes. Now, is I, there a chance that that person? Does not what is if there is maybe you'll say zero percent. Is there a chance that person does not do what the computer predicted? Uh, in my world, no. I'm, then they zero, are neo. Yeah, it is a zero percent. See, in my world, there's a small percentage. I think that that's that, just the chaos part where it's like, right. I don't know how I don't know what number it is, but it's a small percentage. I know. I mean, I'm giving a lot of credit to the computer. Like I'm I'm literally factoring in as if you're able to compute emotions and deter and sort of put on some algorithms and yeah. emotions. You know what I mean? I'm 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 factoring in a lot. So it's, you know, it might it might be a bastardization. I might be unfair to the soft determinists or the soft boiled, whatever it is. Um, what, so, but describe to the, me that percentage that you don't. Think. So, I guess I'm trying to think of outside factors. Yeah, which is, and I guess I'm also thinking about humans as very sensitive, maybe because I am. Uh, but like, let's say you're about to make a decision, and the chaos, maybe the wind blows a certain way and yeah. hit and hits your hand and whatever, and like, oh wow, now I have to. Go to the bathroom or something. I don't know, whatever the fuck it I is. I still think that that goes into the computer. Oh, you think the wind blowing is a factor that goes into the computer? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, because you are pre-programmed to when the wind hits you in this certain way to feel I this see, response and make that, make certain connections. Uh, okay, I guess I was just assuming that kind of things are, those are, are not accountable no, in a computer. Everything up until the millisecond that you're experiencing is is factored into whatever decision, quote unquote, mm. you make. But then you could argue the whole chaos theory there about the air molecules hitting their hand. Do you know what I mean? What's the percentage of hitting this nerve or this nerve making you do what certain thing? But the question know. is whether or not you made a conscious decision based on that or if that was just, you know, what your sensors right, calculated you that you like should that. do at that point. I don't know. It's yeah. a toughie. <laughs> One of the uh, sort of interesting side jags that I was thinking about here, I was recently uh, brought to my attention a a possible working theory for the the ultimate answer, uh, life meaning, or life, the universe, and everything. It's Earth is the answer. Well, the, what is... Oh, no, the question is Earth, the answer is 42, right? Well, the, yeah. the, the question doesn't really exist, but uh, some... Uh, <clears throat> I believe, or I can't remember who pointed it out, but either way, um, in computer ASCII, uh, 42 is actually the, the combination for an asterisk, and in computer language, uh, asterisk means anything. It means wild card. It means whatever you want it to mean. So, uh, yeah, Doug Adams being a old school computer programmer would have come to the conclusion that a computer would think that what is the answer to life, the universe and everything? Well, whatever the fuck you want it to be. It means whatever the hell you want it to mean. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> I was doing the Seinfeld one. I don't know. Maybe. Seinfeld? What was the Seinfeld? That's when Elaine fights George's dad. 
And he gets, she goes, I'll drop you like a bag of sand. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that's been something. a while. Um, well, Sorry. it's about the length of a literally literary. <laughs> Should we play a literally literary? Should I read more? Do you want to talk more? What do you guys want to do? You could have said, I don't know, man, first. When the politicians. <laughs> I don't know, man. Politicians I think that just proved that free will exists. Before you turn, uh oh, what did I do? No, that was just the contrary nature. Like you say something, and he's just going to do the opposite of whatever you say. It's it's programmed into he's him. Programmed. He didn't I don't choose. think anyone else is. You chose to be a dick. He has no choice but to be anti you. There you go. I have free will. Brian does it. Politicians keep politicking before you turn to excessive drinking. Spend some time collectively politicking with the show where I don't know, man. Cause the truth is, I don't know, man. Is it the truth? I'm just, I don't know, man. I don't know. So come on. Please remember to follow us at Palatinkering on the Twitter's there. Uh, you can also follow Joey at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R. Sean, it's text before calling. You can head over to Fogcast.com. Check out all our other shows. Going down to South Park, literally literary. Uh, Foghorn, Sad Leg Trombone, Half Baked Boom, LL Star. Um, uh, and uh, go go to PayPal, give us money, and uh, go to iTunes, write a review, give us a rating, uh, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Um, tink. Tink. You should like tank and stuff. Tank. You should pile a tank. Tank. Snowflakes. Tank. <laughs> you should pile. You should pile a tank. Tanks. You. Tanks. Sn- you. You tinky t- pile tankerets. I turn into Groot. I like their snowflakes. It's funny that they're snowflakes. Is it? I think it is. <laughs>